There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John Peacock, and that is Brian Silver right there. And we're coming to you today on Wednesday. It is episode 23, episode 23 of season two. And that number 23 is near and dear to our hearts. Maybe that is an omen, a good omen of this uh, of this episode. We'll see. We'll is see. Is number? <laughs> it's, it's the goat's number, as we know. That's right. Okay. That's right. So um, I got confused there for a second. <laughs> but hey, some of you guys are, are checking this out live at on Facebook. Others, uh, we are mission dot online. Uh, others of you are catching it later through a friend sharing it with you through a YouTube link. Uh, a whole bunch of you are actually listening to it uh, via audio, so you miss out on on all the video part, but you're able to listen to it on the podcast. I don't care. And we don't care necessarily how you're connecting with the content. We just hope, and we have been praying, we just finished praying, that this content will be helpful for you. Uh, the mission of our church that Brian and I are part of is Mission Church, and our mission is to help people find and follow Christ. And I can tell you my heart and this guy's heart is to be helpful. And so we are trying to help people. That's why we're doing Wellbeing Wednesday. And um, I'm excited for today. We're kicking off a new series here in season two. And uh, we have, I think, five more, six more weeks of season two before we wrap it up uh, before Thanksgiving. And what we're going to be doing today is starting on a journey talking about spiritual practices. Some might call them spiritual practices. Some might call them spiritual disciplines. But uh, I asked Brian if he would help me uh, convene this conversation on what I have found personally so powerful, so helpful uh, which is spiritual practices. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about silence and solitude. Next week, we're going to talk about Sabbath, which I'm really pumped about. And we have a couple other disciplines, practices that we will be talking about uh, on the following week. So today, silence and solitude. So should we just ex experience this and just be quiet for the next 20 minutes? I don't know. What are we going to do? That's that's all I've got, actually. <laughs> oh. I hope that's, I hope that's going to be appropriate. Everybody buckle up. <laughs> um, yeah. Episode, episode 23 is silence and solitude. So um, Michael, Michael Jordan, I hope you're listening. Um, we're, we're, we're in this together. Um, yeah. Silence and solitude is uh, amazingly difficult in our culture. And I'm going to start off by just saying, um, man, this has been a tough one for me lately. So as I talk us through this content, uh, I'm, I'm just going to acknowledge that this is, this is a brutal one. I mean, just, just as an example, uh, as I've been preparing to, to kind of talk this through, I've been, I've been stuck a bit. I've been praying a lot, not, not feeling a, a, a ton of direction. And so, um, I had a late, late night last night. Um, and I got up super early this morning uh, because I wanted some silence and solitude and some time to to pray through and, and think through some more about what God might want to do today, uh, except that I find that my three children just match whatever time I get up. It does not no matter. 
does not matter how early I get up <laughs> within minutes. It's like they can, they can somehow like sense the movements. We've got sound machines in their room, everything. Yeah. Come Still, on. there's nothing that will stop them from realizing that I'm up. And, you know, within, within 15 minutes, I've, uh, um, I've helped wipe two children. I've answered, you know, 163 questions in rapid succession um all the while fighting going I, I i just need just just give me two minutes just two minutes of of solitude it, does anybody relate to this because i i hope i'm not alone here i mean just and i love my kids they're amazing i mean truly amazing i really could use some solitude yeah. in those quiet moments yeah and they're really hard to come by yeah um, John, completely unrelatable. I mean, have, have you ever encountered something you like know, this? So you and I are in a similar life stage, but a little bit different in the sense of my girls are, you know, they're just a little bit older, you know? So, um, they, it, yeah, though, but the early years that you're still in, that's what I'm talking oh about. Oh my goodness. And, and there's obviously so many people that are watching this show that are exactly where you're at, Brian. They're just like silence and solitude. Are you kidding me? Like it's been, you know, five years since I had some silence and solitude. And so I so appreciate, and I think everyone appreciates just you keeping it real because um, we're going to have to get creative with this. Um, there are certain uh, spiritual practices that in certain seasons, life stages are really difficult. Doesn't mean we doesn't mean we don't get creative, but they're just really difficult. And I'd say for, you know, a good amount of folks that are part of our church, I mean, there's just so many young kids at our church. You know? So, you know, dads are watching this, moms are watching this and they're just like, oh my gosh, silence and solitude. Yeah. Tell me more because I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to begin with this. And, and so I just think you represent where a lot of folks are. I'm just a little bit out of that stage, yep. life stage. And, um, it's good to be a little bit out of that life stage, but yeah, yeah, it's coming. I, I know. So <laughs> totally here, here's a, here's the thing is even once we get past this life stage, even once I get past this life stage and I get to, you know, a little bit older years or whatever, the reality is, is that our culture um, has all kinds of things that it's throwing at us That's right. that are just like, the interruptions of my kids. So when we wake up, our phone is yelling at us. Uh, our emails are beckoning for us. Hmm. Um, it's it's actually really no different in many ways because our ears are so attuned to that noise hmm. that that frankly, um, unless we're super super intentional, we could have no kids. We could have grown kids. We could have you know it's it's, true. and and we're going to face the same thing. No matter how early we get up, there's something asking a question of us. There's something pulling for us. So we're, we're just trained here. The stimulus is all over the place. And, and the solution that we're sold for noise is more noise. That's right. Right. I mean, it's, it's not take a rest. It's not anything like that. Um, there's there's ads that are calling for us. There's technology that is pulling at us. 
And the message is, hey, are you stressed? Are you unhappy? Are you in need of rest? Mm. Buy this, watch this, play this, eat this, search this, tag this, post this, do this. Mm. Right? It's funny, the, the way that I, I said that, are you stressed, unhappy, in need of rest? That, does that remind you of yeah. anything, John? Yeah, it really does. What, what, what does it sound like? It sounds like a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Contrast that hmm. to, to what Jesus says when he says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yeah. Mm. He doesn't say, come to me, and for 1995, <laughs> plus shipping and handling, I will provide you with yes. this trinket that will make yeah. sure that you get at least 7.3 hours of sleep tonight. And yeah. wait, if you purchase now, we'll throw in the Ginsu knives. There's nothing like that with Jesus. He's not mm. selling us anything. He's, he's offering freely himself to mm. us. Mm. He's saying, let, let me infuse myself and my rest into you. Mm. But we're bombarded with these messages that if you do this, if you grab this, if you post this, if you buy this, that's where you're going to find your rest. Mm. And it's just not true. Noise does not bring rest. No matter how many ways you slice it, no matter how much you want it, it just does not bring rest. Hmm. Research has been done that shows that daily pockets of silence actually stimulate growth in the, in the hippocampus, which hmm. is a part of what controls learning and memory. And so uh, silence is, is actually critical for this brain <laughs> development, whereas wow. stress and noise are actually linked to shrinking of the hippocampus. Hmm. So um, most of us are probably operating on very small hippocampuses. Hmm. It's a small campus. It's a it's very a small, small campus. It's a small campus. <laughs> Increasingly shrinking campus. That's right. <laughs> um, so in this noisy technology saturated culture, our brains don't have the quiet space necessary to reset and repair from the chaos. Um, the only way we get there is if we intentionally create that space. Mm -hmm. And um, again, everything is working against us. Like what I experienced this morning, even though it's specific, I, mine was specifically kid-based, we're encountering that wave of stuff at us mm -hmm. all day long from the That's moment right. that we wake up. You, you mentioned, John, uh, I think last episode, um, the, uh, the social dilemma. Yeah. Yep. And um, have yeah, you checked it out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen the whole thing. I've, I think I've probably watched half or two thirds of it so far. Because uh, you got interrupted. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's, it's uh, regardless of, how much uh, you uh, you buy into technology being potentially an issue or anything like that. The reality is there's good stuff about technology. There's some detrimental stuff about technology, but the way that technology is pushed on us is, is designed 
to keep us from rest. It's designed to keep us engaged toward a very specific end. And that end does not necessarily have our best interest in mind. No. Um, in fact, most of the time it's, it's really not about us at all. It's, you know, it's, a, it's about putting money in someone else's pocket or things like that. And um, uh, so at any rate, the technology is designed really well to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and we live in a crazy, busy, you know, multitasking kind of culture. So you put those two things together and our, our brains have no idea mm. how to naturally just kind of sit in one place and be. Yeah. 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 I think the, you know, one of the most important things I heard from that documentary and I actually heard it first from this book that I want to endorse and highlight that everyone would, would order and read. This book is called the ruthless elimination of hurry by pastor John Mark Comer. It is uh, the most important book I've read in 2020. I have given it to a number of people and I think you need to buy it and read it. He does a phenomenal job talking about, uh, in many ways, the history of speed. How did we get here? Why are things so fast? Why is noise so loud and rest so seemingly obsolete? Why is this happening? And he's really educated on technology. And one of the things that he said in his book, and it was underscored in the documentary, how uh, when it comes to social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, you know, pick your platform, we're not the customer, we're the product. Mm -hmm. I read that line in the book like 10 times. And then the experts in social media talked about it on the documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma, that we're, we're not the customer, we're the product. You're being sold, specifically your attention. And it's all about, so and what he talked about in the book too is how um, they did a study on attention span and how every year it's getting less and less and less you know, whereas we used to have an attention span where we could just lock in on something, whether that's watching something or just being still. And that attention span is just going down and down and down and down in part because the apps that are being created are literally created to reduce your attention span. So you keep doing this deal right here, because the more since you're the product, you do this, the more things are going to be sold. And all of a sudden we begin to, I feel like, wake up. Uh, through great resources like that book or the documentary and just say, wait a second, man, there's got to be a better way. I don't feel okay being the product. Um, and so I'm glad that we're talking about a, a bunch of this over the next four to five weeks because noise is a massive, massive issue. Jesus did not come to give his life so that you and I would live a distracted life. Um, but there, there's a better way to come to him. All who are weary and heavy, <laughs> laden or heavy burdened. Uh, that's everybody. Uh, and, and we need to find rest. And we find that in the way of Jesus. We find that as uh, you and I become disciples truly um, of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I may be misquoting this from, from the book that I, I've, I've read that book as well as, as you know, and um, I, I think he said something uh, to the effect of our attention span has become less than a hummingbird. Yeah. Does that sound right? It does sound right. I think, I think it was something like that. So it, it's, it's extraordinarily impacted. We used to have a much greater attention span. Um, 
You mentioned at the very beginning, John, this idea of um, spiritual practices. Some some people call them um, spiritual you know, disciplines, things things of that nature. Um, disciplines are are things that take work, hmm. um, and and we're um, we're really diligent, disciplined um, at. Uh, at engaging the noise because that's how we've been trained. We've got a a, a good work ethic around that, but, but we don't we don't really know how to to be still. Jesus does model this. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've, we've talked about this in uh, in previous episodes. I think John, you've talked about this um, multiple times. But the idea that that Jesus oftentimes, when he was being asked to uh, uh, to come and and preach or do miracles or things of that nature, he would say, we'll get there. I need to go take some time. Um, I need to go take some time of solitude, prayer to be, to be by myself with God. Mm. And um, seems so counterintuitive, right? I mean, everybody's calling for you. Yeah. You, you can really bring yourself the notoriety. You're, you're God. You came, to, you came to be God, right? Yes, but he came to be God in a very different way than anybody was anticipating. Mm. He came to be God as, as rescuer and, and lover and, and, and modeler of what it is to connect yes. well with him. Yes. Right? And, and if all he did was run from place to place... It, it, it would not teach us what it is to actually slow down and connect with God. Um, so, solitude. Uh, we'll, we'll talk some more about the, the spiritual connection with God piece, but, but solitude is, is home to meaningful engagement. It's home, full, home to thoughtful creativity and wondering. Hmm. Um, it's home to connection with God and others. Whereas isolation is home to noise and boredom and loneliness. Hmm. How many times have you thought, I'm bored? Or have you heard somebody else say, I'm bored? Hmm. My kids say it all the time, I'm, I'm bored. Well, my response to them is, the Silver family likes boredom. Silver family is good with boredom. <laughs> is that what you say? Yeah. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, we, what, what we'll tell the kids is, you know what? Lots of really good creative things happen when you're bored. Uh, wow. Um, Galileo would never have stared up at the stars if he had his phone. That's right. That's so good. So, That's so, good. so we, we, ins- we insist that, that they enter into boredom um, and learn, learn to find the joy of boredom, uh, not by being bored, but by entering into that space of quiet where their brains can settle in hmm. and, um, and really, really be unleashed to, to dream and to create and to wonder. Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember where I read it, but, but somebody used the analogy of a snow globe. Hmm. All the noise is sort of like if you shake up the yeah. snow globe and it's all floating around and and quiet is sort of the time and space that's necessary for all all mm-hmm. that debris to just kind of settle to the bottom 
so that you yeah. can think with clarity. That's right. Um, so the, these are just the, these are just critical things that we're we're terrible at doing, um, and and they're so they're so necessary because um, we're we're actually losing ourselves in our distractions, and we're getting more depressed. We're getting more anxious. We're becoming more lonely. Um, none, none of these things are breathe, breathing life into us. And we just keep going back to that, uh, that mirage, thinking that next time mm. I reach toward that, that's going to satisfy. Mm. Mm. It, just, it just won't. Mm. There's nothing wrong with, um, you know, oh, I could really go for a burrito. I'm going to enjoy a burrito today. But if, if that's the next way, if that's the next thing that I'm going to do to quiet my boredom mm. or my stress, it's, it's really, it's a really terrible practice. I'm not actually even enjoying the burrito the way that I could. Um, so, um, um, there's a difference between being um, present but absent with others and present but silent mm. okay so um solitude applies not just to like by ourselves so, mm. solitude silence is is a is something that we embody by by quieting ourselves and so so think about it this way if you've been sitting at dinner with somebody and both of you are playing on your phones I mean, you, you may be completely disconnected. Your, your bodies are present in the same room, but, but you're, not, you're not there with each other because you're so accustomed to being saturated with this noise. So this, this impacts relationships as well. There's, a, there's an, an example in the scriptures that's really interesting. Um, in the book of Job, Job gets really, um, uh, he gets he gets really reamed by a bunch of stuff and he is in a place of misery and three friends come to visit him. And when they get there, they, uh, they sit with him in, mm. in silence for a week. They don't say anything. They're just present. <laughs> there's, there's more of that. Uh, oh, I didn't, I couldn't hear. Is there some oh, back? Okay. You got some, you got some action on the home front. I got some action on the home front. <clears throat> All good. Um, sat for him for a week in silence. Hmm. It, it, it goes downhill once they open their mouths, in fact. That's it right. Really, it's really ugly. <laughs> um, but, but their choice to be present with him um, was much more important than the, than the words that they could bring. It's, it's far different. You can tell the difference when somebody is with you and is present with you. They're engaged whether they're talking or not completely different experience. Hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis says, we live in fact in a world starved for solitude, silence, and private, and therefore starved for meditation and true friendship. Hmm. Wow. This is not just impacting our 
you know, time when we're not with people. This is impacting our every moment. This is impacting how present we're able to be in the present moment with other human beings. Silence and solitude and the practice of development therein is absolutely critical for this. Um, so how do we change it? John, that's your question. Go. Well, um, I'm glad you asked. I'll add to whatever you're about to say. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's very simply put it this way. There's, there's a huge difference between isolation and solitude. Hmm. Isolation is a running from. Solitude is a running to. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Hmm. Isolation is a running from stress, fear, loneliness, etc. Solitude is a running to God with our stress and our fear and our loneliness mm. in a quiet, yeah. in the quiet of undistracted space. Mm. Since our minds aren't accustomed to silence, the silence and the solitude are a struggle. Um, Henry Nouwen has this mm -hmm. phenomenal quote uh, that I'll, I'll read to you guys. Um, that, that's so helpful. He says, um, he says, as soon as we are alone, so basically, all right, we're giving it a shot. All right. We're buying into the silence and solitude thing. I get it. I hear it. I've heard enough, you know, about the social dilemma. I've read a few chapters of the ruthless elimination of hurry here. Here we go. I'm going to try this. Okay. So he says, as soon as we are alone, inner chaos opens up in us. This chaos can be so disturbing and so confusing that we can hardly wait to get busy again. Hmm. Entering a private room and shutting the door, therefore, does not mean that we immediately shut out all our inner doubts, anxieties, fears, bad memories, unresolved conflicts, angry feelings, and impulsive desires. On the contrary, when we have removed our outer distraction, we often find that our inner distractions manifest th themselves to us in full force. We often use the outer distractions to shield ourselves from the inner, from the interior noises. This makes the discipline of solitude all the more important. Wow. So longer quote, but basically what, what Henry Nouwen is saying is um, we're so saturated with noise. It's, it's, it's coming out of our pores. It's not just outside of us, it's inside of us as well. And so when we take a moment to step away from the chaos that's outside, I mean, we've been so pummeled with it, it's the, the silence sort of highlights it. And yes. so our brain is so, <clears throat> so scrambled because mm -hmm. the, the dead airspace gives it a loud voice. Yes. Right? There's nothing to drown out all the chaos inside of us. And so that's where... Our, our brains say, we've got to escape this. Mm -hmm. Solitude sucks. <laughs> this, is, this is painful. This is hard. This is highlighting everything that I've been running from. Maybe I should just keep running. Mm -hmm. It's basically what Henry Nouwen is saying is there, there's this point at which we're going to kind of hit that crossroads and yeah. we have to decide, are, are we going to push against the part of us that wants to run screaming from solitude when we try it? Or are we going to push slowly into it and stretch those muscles? And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what we're doing. 
if you've ever done anything physical where you've had any kind of physical goal to run a little bit further, to run a little bit faster, to do mm. 10 more pushups than you could last year, to any of that stuff, you don't just start there. If you want to bench press 200 pounds, you don't lay down on the bench and bench 200 pounds. <laughs> you start with the bar. Yeah, that's right. And you work your way up little by little by little by little by little by little. If you don't, if you go 200 pounds, you know, you go, oh, oh, it's just, oh, it's too tough. Can't yes. do it. Right? Just the bar. You know what? If you're just starting out, maybe just the bar is pretty tough in and of itself. And to, you know, to use this analogy, because I started with it, you know, imagine it's just the bar and you've got 15 kids running around screaming all around you. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's the noise that's in our heads. I, I saw this, um, this movie a long time ago. I can't, I can't, I can't vouch for it. I don't remember it that well, but um, it was a Kevin Costner movie called For the Love of the Game. Oh, yeah. Clear the mechanism. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Are you? Oh, yeah. yep. Solid movie. I mean, it was about so, baseball. So of course, it was great. Yes. But the Clear the Mechanism was a really powerful image. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Costner is, uh, is pitching and chaos all around him, people screaming, yes. yelling at him. And and he uh, he just kind of focuses on the catcher and he says to himself, as you said, clear the mechanism, right? And basically what, what he does is he focuses so hard on this one fixed point that everything else just kind of fades into the background. Yes, yes. Right? This is possible, like th mm -hmm. this idea of solitude becoming a place of anchored focused rest is possible mm -hmm. but not not 200 pounds right off the bat mm -hmm. it's a it's a slow it's a slow crawl mm. so um we've talked about fixing uh, fixing our our eyes on anchor points i gave a, yeah. a i gave an example of rappelling down the side of a mountain and you know finding one one fixed point it's a great way to develop um, the skill of being quiet, actually. Mm. Um, it's the foundation of, of what's called mindfulness. Mm. So what, what we're working to develop in this discipline, this way of stretching our muscles, is we're trying to train our brains to be able to focus on the healthiest and most helpful anchor point of the present moment, rather than on wherever our chaotic brain happens to be pulling us. Mm. And um, little by little, we can do this better and better. And, and that's, you know, that's why I love the term practice, spiritual practice. As we, as we start to kind of round out this episode on silence and solitude, I, I want to share a couple of things that have been really helpful for me. I want to emphasize what Brian is saying here around uh, this is practice. Uh, this is like resistance training. And so for those of you brave folks that are like, you know what, I've been meaning to try to practice some solitude and silence. Well, when you do and you sit down for 30 seconds like that snow globe, it's going to kick up all kinds of things. 
silence and solitude, like other disciplines, we'll get to Sabbath next week. It reveals a lot of times um, it could reveal misordered loves. It could reveal addictions in our life. Um, addiction looks like a lot of different things these days. So just be prepared for that. I think it's so important, Brian, as you're saying, to equip our friends here to to be prepared for the challenge uh, of of these disciplines. But again, it's a practice. It's a practice. And you're going to notice a lot of different things. And so instead of starting off with saying, hey, I'm going to sit down and practice silence and solitude for 30 minutes, we would say, no, start with trying to bench press the bar. Let's 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 aim small, miss small. How about three minutes? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. how about five minutes? And we'd say start there because this is resistance training. It's it's going to be very difficult. And the reason is, is because whether you realize it or not, we've become so conditioned to living a distracted life. And so I know for me, this has been something I continue to work on. Uh, a couple things, Brian, maybe I could share real quick uh, yeah. that have been really helpful or specifically around silence and solitude. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but uh, turning this device, this is called an iPhone, turning that into um, a dumb phone. So take your smartphone and make it a dumb phone. If you really want to get some, tra- some, uh, uh, some momentum with this, um, turn, make it a dumb phone. I don't have any notifications on my phone. So I'm not, I'm not getting the, you know, the, and this is why these apps are built this way to keep me distracted. Why? Well, I'm, I'm the product, not the customer. So make it a dumb phone, uh, delete all your social media apps on your phone. You don't have to delete all of your social platforms. We'll just make that harder to get to, you know, um, make it on your desktop computer. Well, I got to walk somewhere in order to do that. And it's amazing when you resist that urge, you know, urge surfing, I think is what it's called. Well, 30 seconds go by and, and you're good. You're good. You can stay, you can stay there. Um, so I, I've made this a dumb phone. Second thing that I've been doing after reading this book, um, and this is all from the book, a couple of things is um, choosing a bedtime for my phone. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, I used to always bring this into the bedroom with me. It was my alarm clock because it's actually a great alarm clock, but I would sit there and the, when I'd actually be still, I'd think of a million different things. I'd grab my phone, be writing them down, be scrolling through Facebook or whatever. Um, and then what would I do? I'd wake up early in the morning. First thing I would grab would be this device. And now I have an unguarded mind because I just woke up. And the first thing I'm doing is I'm allowing some company in California to begin to fill my mind what they want to fill my mind with. And when you think about it that way, you're like, why do we do that? Well, you do that. And I used to do that because I was addicted to that. And I didn't actually think critically about that until I read this book. And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. So I picked a bedtime for my phone. My phone gets put to bed, just like my kids at the same time every night, 8.30 p.m. It goes to bed and I wake it up at 8.30 a.m. And so if you need to get a hold of me before 8.30 a.m., I haven't been perfect on this, but almost uh, I'm just not going to get the message. Uh, And for me, Brian, when it comes to silence and solitude, those two practices, like those two very specific action steps, making my smartphone a dumb phone, choosing a bedtime um, for my phone have been absolutely huge. So yeah, I had to go out and figure out how to buy an alarm clock and and do all that stuff. But my phone, you know, I don't have the owners of Facebook and all that in the room with me. No, that, that we're not letting them in anymore. They're staying in their, in their own place. For me, that's been helpful. And as you said, Brian, 
I, I feel like I'm holding space better, not only with God, but also with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the tumultuous stuff on the inside is, is getting quieter and quieter. And so today we're talking about silence and solitude. So important. Why we want to equip you. We want to help you live the life that Jesus said is yours in him. Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life, not a distracted life, not a life that is addicted to noise. And man, is this a challenge for us, guys. But there is a way forward, and that is through practicing these spiritual disciplines. Today is all around solitude and silence. Oh, bro, this has been great. Next week is Sabbath, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sabbath Sabbath is one of my favorites, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking that through with you guys. Um, it's it's something again, season. That's a lot. I got a lot of work to do, but but it's something I'm really passionate about. So I'm I'm excited to chat it through. Um, can I can I throw out one practical? Um, Please for, do for silence and solitude this week. Before yeah, we I'll um, be silent. I'll be silent. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll be solitude. Okay. Oh, sorry, that's not what you meant. Um, <laughs> So a uh, quick little simple practice, uh, five, four, three, two, one, hmm. okay? Uh, take, take a couple minutes, maybe, maybe at a mealtime or something like that. Um, you know, like if you're having breakfast by yourself in the morning or, um, or maybe you're on a lunch break or whatever, okay? F- notice five things that you see. Just look around, five things you see four things you feel, the breeze against your skin, um, the, the pen in your hand, whatever, doesn't matter. Three things you hear, two things you smell, and, and one thing you taste. Oh, maybe it's the, maybe it's the toothpaste that, uh, you just brushed your teeth with. Maybe it's, it's my, um, I have a bean coffee that I'm drinking right now. That's right. Maybe it's, I love that. Hey, we will put that in the notes. So if people are writing down feverishly, we'll drop that in the notes right now. That's yeah. really good. I've never done that. Yeah. So it's a great little intro. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking to quiet ourselves and anchor to focus, you know, a little bit at a time, right? Just the bar. This is a great yep. place to start. This is the bar. Okay. Hmm. We can build from there. We can do breathing exercises. We can do listening prayers and we can talk about some of that more uh, in the coming cool. episodes, but, um, but let's start with the bar. That's right. Uh, let's let's just find something to just just get things going. Start developing the muscles. So, mm. you know, we'll finish this th- with this, uh, and you referenced this earlier. You know, so much of our passion around having this conversation are the words of Jesus. Come to me, Jesus said, and He says again, "Come to me, come to me, all who are weary mm. and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest for your souls." Uh, I love how the message translation, Brian, uh, Eugene Peterson, he talked about, uh, you know, he, he translates that, that passage, you know, come to me and he says, I'll, I'll show you how to take a real rest. And he says, I will teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. And, And that's what we're talking about today in the coming weeks. What does it look like to learn and practice the unforced rhythms of grace. Thank you so much for tuning in today to live at eight. Sharing is caring. Let's get the word out. We love you guys. We will see you very soon. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. 
Until next time, keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions, give it all you've got, be resolute, and love without stopping.